Frontline Gaming presents 40K Stat Center with your hosts, Val Heffelfinger Heffelfinger. and the Falcon. On 40K Stat Center this week, we practiced a little social isolation and didn't speak to a single soul. Well, that's not true. I tried my best, but no one likes me and I got ghosted by the best. So with me on COVID watch and the Falcon in a pit of despair, let's just cover the five events that happened last weekend. This is Stat Center. Ah, uh, Pete, how you doing over there, pal? Are you uh, on? Uh, are are you on a watch yet for the no, for the COVID? Me. No, I uh, luckily for me, uh, my living in the middle of nowhere does have a, a couple of perks, and one of them is I can uh, safely say that the wolves will probably get me before the go- the COVID does. Yeah, it's been a pretty wild week. I think one of the reasons why I'm coming into this so unprepared is that real life has intruded significantly on my 40k obsession time. Um, Anyone who's familiar with uh, what they call the market uh, might know that things were a little crazy last week, uh, leading me to uh, have to do my actual job. Uh, Real (laughs) tragic. Yeah, real rough, real rough. And then you got a you got a little bit of the sniffles, and they told you uh, never come back to work again. That's right. I uh, I have a very clearly defined cold, and as as Pablo, by the way, I just want to give kudos. The forty k podcast sphere is really getting behind uh, like COVID nineteen awareness and coronavirus awareness, which is awesome. Uh, namely, wash your hands, people. Um, and uh, but he described the, the the symptoms very straightforward, which would be a fever, uh, potentially shortness of breath, and uh, another one. Oh, a dry cough. There you go. I have none of those things. Yep. No, it's uh, it is what it is, though. Everybody's uh, a little on edge. So really, and and really, when you're sick, you shouldn't be hanging out with too many people, regardless of what it sure, is. Sure. So, sure. So it, it fits the bill. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so what are we going to talk about this week? We never really got to reach out to any of the players. We tr- I tried a couple people, but um, apparently um, I'm just not very well loved by the 40K community or something. I'm not quite sure. Maybe it was my half, half-assed half effort because Val wasn't the one doing it this week. But <laughs> Well, yeah. And, and Johan actually did reach out to me and offer uh, to get clips. Uh, he's, our, he's our correspondent from Sweden who does a lot of our uh, on-the-ground work uh, for us with the Swedish guys who aren't as obsessed with facebook as north americans are um and uh, i said one minute buddy i'll get you the questions and uh, that was my last communication with him approximately four days ago so uh, <laughs> definitely dropped the ball on getting the insider content for you today luckily i brought the preeminent outsider one pete the falcon uh, who will uh, infer a lot of details with greater accuracy than many other podcasters would be able to before we get into last week though I did want to bring up on the COVID-19 topic just that uh, it is likely, and we're starting to see it now. uh, Unfortunately, we heard this past week that Adepticon has been canceled, which I believe was a very responsible and correct move. Um, I I hope that they're able to uh, get everything together and uh, come back strong next year. Um, Just recently, the, uh, the, the Battle for Salvation team tournament, the last event that I had scheduled for this year, it was supposed to be in the middle of April. Uh, that's been rescheduled, pushed to July, which uh, means I won't be able to attend that one. 
Um, and I'm sure there's other events starting to uh, to cancel themselves. Uh, yeah, as the um, the Alliance Open, I believe, has canceled uh, their next two events, and those were supposed to be massive um, in the Netherlands. So mm-hmm. that's a huge hit for them. I know they put a lot of money into those, and they're going to take the full hit on it. Um, so that's super unfortunate there. Um, it's really across the board, right? You're seeing dips already this weekend um, as we're recording this. Uh, the There's only three events that hit uh, GT status. Mm-hmm. Two of them were supposed to be majors, uh, but people had just can't do it right and it and it's it's the way it should be um 40k gamers are not super well known for being uh, tremendously health conscious outside of a select few so it's 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 a good idea guys like don't don't uh don't risk yourself over this game yeah and you don't need to i think you know a lot of you know the the demo of uh, 40k players you know we're not in the crosshairs of the necessarily most vulnerable people to this but you know our loved ones other people in our communities they are vulnerable to this thing and the more it and uh, you know rapidly it um spreads um puts greater strain obviously on resources that we do have to deal with it to help those who are vulnerable to it so i think sure. you know we, we've all come away from you know various conventions or gts with you know the colloquially called Called Concred. Well, Concred's a little more serious right now, and uh, I think there's a lot of obvious reasons why it's easy to pass bugs around at a grand tournament or a tabletop gaming, what have you. Um, you know, we are just in very close quarters and touching a lot of the same things, and uh, yeah, touching so each other, touching We're each other, loving. touching me, touching you. Um, mm. It's uh, so as you said, I think it's 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 nothing but the right call to to see some of these events curtailed. As a result, Pete, I think we're going to run out of content. Yeah, yeah. There's always some crazy uh, event going to happen in like Australia or something. I mean, they their whole country was on fire and they still put on like three majors. So I'm sure if anyone's going to provide us with something to talk about, it'll be them. But if not, well, hey, you know, uh, we'll we'll have to cross that bridge when we get there. We've got at least one more weekend of of uh, content. Hopefully, we'll come back to you with some actual interviews and, and insights next week. Um, so at least one more episode of 40k stat center, um, without a hiatus due to lack of things to talk about. Also just throwing this out there in the ether. Um, you know, I saw a sort of satirical, um, article about how, uh, you know, 40k or Warhammer players are thrilled because they're, they're, uh, they're, you know, they've been preparing for this moment to just sit inside and not talk to anybody with their whole lives. In fact, that's kind of unfair. Although I do like quiet time. Um, this is a social hobby. You have to actually be near people to play it. So I'm throwing this out there, folks. What are some ways, and I've heard some people talk about maybe a tabletop simulator tournament, um, there's the rightful ruler app, which might provide some tools to be able to do a sort of, um, a game of 40 K where both players aren't in the same room. What are some ways that we can, we can, uh, socially distance ourselves, but still maybe get some games of 40 K and, and maybe even run a wacky tournament. I don't know. Just throwing that out there, folks. Someone get at me or not just do something. Yeah, I'm super into it. Let's let's see what can what we can make happen uh, at least in the next month or two while we see where this goes. Absolutely. Um, so, with all the social distancing and COVID nineteen talk out of the way, I am now willing to accept your attempted segue, sir, and talk a little bit about some 40k tournaments. Tournament news is made possible by BestCoastPairings.com. Download the BCPTO app to organize events. 
for just about any tabletop game system. Download the Player app to easily find and participate in events from around the world. Around the world. Subscribe to BCP for as little as $5 a month to support the team and unlock additional features. Available for iOS and Android. BestCoastPairings.com. Competitive events. Easier. Now, do you want to kick off with the prefect? Yeah, why don't we do that? Why don't we talk about just very quickly the uh, the events from uh, last weekend that had uh, you know no Space Marine fact in play? Was there anything interesting that caught your eye from those events? One hundred percent. I actually am super excited by one of the events. Um, first off, we had Armacon, which uh, was a forty-two player ITC event in Norway. Um, they did not use the Marine fact. They did push it back and forth. They um, amongst themselves and decided they wouldn't just because they had set a preset date of I believe it was February twenty-eighth or something to that effect, um, where they weren't going to accept any new rules. So people had locked in lists, and they, you know, like this. You don't want to offend anybody if you can help it so they decided to stick with it um and unfortunately uh, or fortunately depending on who you are um their top four was um three iron hands players and an imperial fist player um so so nothing nothing to see here folks this is this is kind of what we had gotten used to uh pre-faq um what was a little more exciting was the Two Rivers Open. It was a 39-player ITC event in, I believe, North Dakota. Um, the big exciting thing here was, despite having a pretty stacked crew of uh, attendees from that kind of north, mid, mid-north area of the United States, because, uh-huh. uh, like, I'd say half of Goonhammer was there. That's right. Um, it wasn't won by Iron Hands. Um, it was, in fact, won by um, Nicholas Weiss, who was playing... Um, uh, the new Militarum Tempestus Scions um, with uh, Grey Knights and Sisters of Battle. It's a real, it's a very, it's a real melange of, of Imperium armies. It's uh, it's an amazing list, because not just because I love it, but also because I'm building and have been building for a few weeks now. Almost the same thing, except instead of Grey Knights, I had Custodes, and Grey Knights are probably better just because of the anti-Psyker aspect. Mm-hmm. But I love this list, so I'm going to talk about it. We had kind of gotten away from talking specifically about lists because we wanted the players to do it themselves, but I'm doing it anyway, folks, because this thing has got me as hard as I possibly can be. You know, um, you're, you're, you're a list fetishist. You know what you're talking about, Pete. Why don't you let the people know what's special about this wacky Imperium list? Okay, so I'll go through it real quick. Nicholas Weiss, winner. Um, he ran a, a Lambdon Lions Battalion. Uh, that's the new one of the new science groups with two Tempestor Primes with the Command Rods. Um, he had four squads of 10 scions uh, with max plasma so they had four plasma guns in each unit and um, a plasma pistol in each well one of them didn't because he was short on points Um, he had a command squad with four melta guns a command squad with four plasma guns he then had a valorous heart battalion for sisters um, with a canonus celestine a block of 15 battle sisters uh, two blocks of 10 and a magifier two magifiers with with the uh, uh, Ignore AP-1 uh, banners, the Tale of the Stoic banners. And then he had uh, two Dominion squads uh, with a Melt-A-Gun in each squad, bunch of Storm Bolters, uh, but these were also, um, I believe, max. One of them may have had nine instead of uh, ten um, still. And then he had a Supreme Command of Grey Knights with a Brother Captain, a Brotherhood Champion, and Kaldor Drago. 
So what I love about this list is it uh, those scions are absolutely incredible. So Lambda Lions, it gives an additional AP um, on all their shots. Mm-hmm. So all of their hotshot las guns are AP three, um, and all of the plasma guns in the are AP four. Melt guns AP five. Sure, but that but the plasma being AP four is huge. Yeah. Um, the command rods means that all of the like uh, four of those squads are getting orders from the Tempestor Primes when they come down. Um, he has written on his list that he's u- give, using the refractor field uh, generator relic, which is uh, a five plus invulnerable save to all lambda and lions within six inches of that guy. Whoa. Um, and he's uh, got the warlord trait for reroll ones to hit. Uh, for Lambda Lions, so it's just spectacular because that's squ- like like all those guys. You keep them off the board. Uh, they come down. They're putting out a withering amount of firepower because um, you can give them reroll ones to wound. If you're shooting into a vehicle or a monster, you can reroll all wounds. Um, they're rerolling to hit, so you're not super uh, concerned t- about the. Um, uh, about uh, the plasma backfiring and killing a ton of your dudes when you don't want it to, so you can overcharge like nobody's business. Um, so those science put out just so much damage, um, and all of those squads are under 120 points. So yeah. you're not uh, you're not getting marked for death off of them. So that's another big uh, big point for the ITC style. The Sisters of Battle. Basically everything in that in this army is uh, has a four plus invulnerable save and ignores up to AP minus two, so they're like impossible to move um, unless you're hitting them with a mass AP three firepower, which not a lot of armies have any, especially any longer. Yeah. Although they did use the FAQ, um, and those Dominion squads uh, able to give you the mid board real easy. Uh, the Grey Knights they add. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you think's going on here? Because I mean those are sort of three. I mean a bro cap. Brotherhood champ, Lord Kaldar Drago. Seems like a kind of an odd random three things to bring. What do you think that he's actually doing with those? Well, um, I th- I think they're just beat sticks that sit in his backfield and provide psychic uh, psychic defense on top of like the, the limited amount he gets from the sisters. Mm-hmm. You get you get three denies, uh, but the big thing is a brother captain um, and the uh, Brotherhood champion. They're the and Kaldar Drago. They're they all hit like little tiny freight trains and they're cheap, right? The brother champions, 90 points, 125 for a brotherhood captain. Um, and Drago, you give him gate of infinity and, you know, mid game, late game. If you really need to, he can hop onto a back objective oh, yeah. and he's really hard to move. So like, uh, there's a lot to have there. I believe he's probably giving one of them the CP regen, um, cast if he needs to. Right. Um, but otherwise like it, it's, there's a lot to, I, there's a lot to love about this list. Uh, I was really excited when I saw that it won and particularly because a lot of times when you see a list that's not the norm, particularly in, um, especially in the pre FAQ world, like when we right. saw the iron hands were dominating, if anybody else won, you'd look at who they played and it was often like a luck of the draw thing. It felt like it would right. be like, Oh, like you only seem to play orcs the entire so, time. Yeah. I mean, that would be my question. What kind of a path to victory did, uh, this gentleman have to go through? Well, um, if you look particularly at his uh, semifinals and finals, um, his round four, he played uh, uh, Kyle Thompson, mm-hmm. who we had on the show, I believe, last week or the week before. Yeah, wound up in fourth. Uh, yeah, and Kyle was running an Iron Hands Brigade uh, that he had won 
his event with previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so like no slouch there. He's got all the good stuff that you love out of Iron Hands. No Relic Leviathan, but I mean, he's got his untargetable dreads. He's got um, a Relic Contemptor dread with the, the full close combat shooty combo that uh, uh, Nick Nottavati had been running for a while. Um, Intercessor squads with Stalker Bolt Rifles, Smash Captain, Suppressor squads, uh, Dev Drop, um, Eliminators, and then, I mean, his 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 thing has always been the assault drill has always been his little extra spice. Right. Um, so, yeah. So he's got that. Um, his finals was against James Kelling, um, who is a well-known player in the community, playing Eldar, running double shining spears, um, multiple hornets, night spinners, and like six vibro cannons. So this is kind of your uh, your um, that uh, pseudo imperial fists list I've talked a lot about. With expert crafters, masterful shots. So you get this is James Kelling. Yeah. So so, so he did so well that he lost top table final round and still came in second yeah that's pretty impressive no yeah and that's something you don't see a lot any uh either it's one of the reasons why i often don't like uh talking to top fours um is because generally the guy that uh got to the top table because he uh because he loses and maybe didn't have enough battle points ends up in like seventh or eighth and um so top fours generally don't mean enough to me to want to talk to them but in this case you know yeah he was the he was the top table finalist um they had a really close matchup i was a little concerned for nick as i kind of watched from the sidelines uh checking my bcp over the weekend because it is a pretty devastating list james does have a lot of ap3 that he can throw out if he needs to um to kill those sisters but like those scions do a lot of work i was hoping to get to talk to nick i'm sure he's uh, if he hasn't done an interview with goonhammer yet about it i'm assuming they're going to put one up right um because i would love to hear how that final game played out whether it's from james's eyes or from nick's because that that is a game that excites me um especially in a pre-faq world just that run yeah i mean if and again folks if you want to check out uh, the two rivers gt the lists are available on 40kstats.com and all four of them uh with the exception of oh, even the iron hands list i think still flies uh nothing that was completely eliminated from it yeah i mean just the suppressors are probably the one thing in that list that you don't you're probably not going to see much anymore but yeah um because even uh, even third place uh was uh, a bunch of tanks and some scions so a lot of interesting yeah. lists out there in the dakotas Anyway, yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that. I'm sorry, guys, but from Armacon, I know that uh, you reached out to us about talking about your event pre-event, and we had to tell you how sad we were that you decided not to use the FAQ, but we understand. Absolutely. So uh, that's the pre-FAQ events that happened. Why don't we segue over and have a look and see what what the dominant stories were uh, in the events last weekend that did use the uh, Space Marines FAQ, because I think there was a bit of a pattern that emerged. What might that have been? Yeah, so um, the big thing we've seen, and we saw it a little bit last week um, in terms of uh, overall performance, uh, although they didn't take any events, um, is that um, the boys in black are still the boys in black. So the the dominant faction has kind of moved from Iron Hands um, in a pre-FAQ world to Raven Guard in the post-FAQ world. The nerf to Master of Ambush, at least so far, uh, we're, uh, we're only six events in, so maybe things will settle down a little bit. It doesn't look that way because we're getting a lot of Raven Guard results to look at. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it's uh, it's definitely a new Raven Guard world. Um, so are you seeing more players switching to Raven Guard or just the players that oh, were yeah. using it sort of having more success? Um, no, there's there's been a definitive switch. Um, it, it's it's going to be slow, of course, because there's models you have to buy, etc. Um, but pre FAQ Raven Guard made up about four to five percent of most events, um, and Iron Hands were ten to twelve. Iron Hands have now dipped to about eight percent, and that that uh, two that two to four percent dip has uh, almost entirely been an increase in Raven Guard. Um, Raven Guard are now up to about 9%. They're almost at, uh, or 8%, I should say. They're just below Iron Hands in terms of uh, amount of play they're seeing post-FAQ. Um, Iron Hands are still the favorite um, amongst all factions. Um, uh, then you have like Chaos Marines, Eldar, and Raven Guard kind of all around the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just because Raven Guard are still fantastic. That that nerf to Master of Ambush wasn't like the only thing that was great about them. Um, you can still deep strike 18 centurions if you want in a list. And uh, if you want to put in aggressors instead to swap out a list, that seems to work too. Uh, so you can get that uh, that mid board early game. So if we're um, gonna if we're gonna look more specifically, why don't we uh, pivot to the I think it was the largest event last weekend, which would have been Games of Westeros, probably nine. Yeah, they. Uh, I don't know what their naming convention is because they have Westeros gaming events and games of Westeros. I think they happen at the same place. Um, so I often get confused as to which one's eight, nine, thirteen. Like the number. I don't know if they understand how Roman numerals work over in Sweden either. Yeah. Um, so it's completely possible that they that they're at like forty two at this point. So the, uh, this is normally the type of question where we're supposed to be the podcast that actually figures that out for you guys. But again, let you down a little bit. So it's the games of Westeros. You've heard these lovely Swedes on the show a number of times, including the uh, the TO who keeps running these massive events. Um, I believe in a school gymnasium. Looks rather nice. So, who won this one, and what was the major adjustment that you sort of would 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 seem to be anyway to the FAQ on this? So uh, this was won by Johan Norman. He's uh, he's won a number of events, top four to several others um, in Sweden in the past. He was running Raptors with Leah Sissadon. Um, really, if you look at his list and compare it to, say, any of the ones that were seen at um, LVO, the biggest difference um, is um, he dropped the Centurion Devastators. Um, which was uh, something that you that we saw a lot. Brought in a squad of aggressors and a large block of vanguard vets that- with a mix of thunder hammers and uh, chainswords. And I immediately assume that those guys would have been uh, just you know no jump packs rolling maybe with Lias when he when he comes in, but uh, they all have jump packs. Yep. So there's a, a lot you can do with Raven Guard and uh, Vanguard Vets. The the main problem a lot of people have seen with Vanguard Vets um, is that even with Storm Shields, they're pretty expensive for a one wound model yeah. with a three up armor save uh, and three plus invuln. So they like every time you kill one, you're you're generally it's a good trade. Um, but Raven Guard have the ability to infiltrate them, so they get that free pregame move after you know what everyone's doing. Um, they can come in and have a free move there's all sorts of things that they can do they can hop around the board um they're ultra mobile they're they're kind of like um blood angels death company except 
just better in that they they're they're more survivable, right? They don't like they have that inbound to back them up. Um, so I've definitely seen this used in the past and uh, by other people to success, but n- never at like such a large event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at the rest of his list, I mean this this uh, assault squads mostly with flamers. I think he's got a, a melted gun in each squad for extra help. Uh, sure, I mean that's what centurions do they're super scary everybody knows aggressors are scary people just weren't taking them because centurions were better point for point yeah uh but now you have a master of ambush target um with them um that being said um you can also master of ambush those veteran those vanguard vets um there's nothing to stop you doing that and then when if uh, someone really goes deep into their their backfield on a like a long deployment which itc will now allow you to do more often than not against uh, raven guard that uh that extra move that you want to pop with them is 12 inches now. So you're in their face regardless. And yeah. you know you're going first. So it's it's really good tech to have. I actually uh, see a lot of the value in it compared to Centurions and others that are more easily blocked out now with the uh, the I go, you go uh, setup. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, pretty devastating list all around. We all know what Lias does, especially with a bunch of snipers. Um yeah, I got nothing more to say about that. He had a really good run. Um, I was told by uh, Johan Barander that uh, day two, by the way, all of this was streamed on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash shadowplayersTV. Uh, just note, guys, if you want to f- watch it, um, all of the commentary is in Swedish. So um, if you want to actually know what's going on, you're just going to have to keep an eye on it. Um Game four was supposed to be Johan Norman versus Carl Abramson, which a lot of people were excited to see. Two of the top players in Sweden yep. duking it out. Uh, however, um, according to Johan Barander, most of the top 10 went out drinking right after day one. And when they came in day two, they were either still drunk or extremely hungover. Um, so both Carl and um, and Johan asked to not be on stream because they were an absolute mess. Now, the, um, the quality of, of Scandinavian players play uh has never been questioned uh, but they do seem to put a particular emphasis on the heavy drinking yeah yeah i would say and uh i think it's a lot like most uh university pool players you've ever met who seem to just get better uh the more drinks they put in them um that seems to be the case with the swedes as well it's just um they just didn't look very good i'm told still <laughs> <laughs> Carl and uh, and uh, and Johan had a quite the good game from what I'm told. Um, always exciting to see Jinkster the Cult still performing. A lot of people have uh, kind yeah, this, of put them to the side, especially top players. Yeah, this is something that we were talking a little bit pre-show, which is, um, you know, I said, oh, wow, uh, Tyranids are there, although it is Carl, Carl Abrahamson who's, uh, you know, been on the show before and has had his list modeled by other people. But nonetheless, um, you seem to think that the writing off of GSC once Space Marines arrived maybe was a little premature. Yeah, so the one thing I'll say, um, I I will never disagree with the majority of top-tier players that I talk to because, you know, they they know the game. So when you talk to, like, Alex McDougal or, or uh, John Lennon or guys that have run a lot of GSC, um, they saw the writing on the wall with Marines that Marines really put a hammer into them. Um, so they were uh, – anybody that kept to them were making these, like, real skew lists with, you know, that the the uh, Achilles Ridge runners, et cetera, to try and combat it. Um, but the one thing I'll say is that Gene Stiller Cult's numbers have never really – dropped. Um, they were the only faction pre-FAQ that had a better than 50% win rate against Iron Hands. Um, they had a, a few GT wins, um, 
in that era. Um, in fact, early on when we didn't have a, an Iron Hands first FAQ, the one that actually made them uh, possible to beat, um, we did have, uh, I think, two events that were won by GSC even in that era. So like, it's not that they were terrible, terrible. They just had really bad matchups. Um, so yeah, like from an overall perspective, their average first loss has always been 2.2, 2.3, which I've always considered very healthy to possibly overly healthy. Yeah. Win rates have generally been in like a 53% win rate, which is like that cusp I've always, um, up until Marines, I'd had as like a, this is where a faction probably needs to be looked at is once you hit about 53 and above. Yeah. Um, they've, they've been consistently at that mark um, with very few dips um, over that course. They've always performed very well because they're very strong into basically any Anything that isn't Marines, um, and even and now with the changes that we've had to Iron Hands, um, they're even more so. So I would expect to see a bit of a lift, and and it is something we're seeing across the board. Uh, maybe after we're done talking about the events, I'll go a little more in detail about about how things are shaping up in yeah. the post FAQ world. But okay. um, yeah, I'm really into uh, where GSCR um, as a whole. I'm feeling really good about it, guys, and I think you should too. Uh, words of wisdom from the man who actually follows all this stuff in great detail. So that's great. Um, what, what, where would we like to go next? We've got Cagbash eight or sorry, Cagbash 13. Yeah. Yeah, also someone that doesn't know their Roman numerals. Uh, yeah, Kegbash 13, uh, Middle America gaming series, always put on uh, pretty wicked shows. They have uh, on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash mags underscore tournament, M-A-G-S mm-hmm. underscore tournament. You can watch the event there. Uh, ended up being about 48 players, so uh, good size GT. They did use the Marine FAQ. Um, the winner here was uh, Daniel Sansone, also running Raven Guard. Um, all three events this weekend that used the FAQ uh, uh, were won by Raven Guard guys. Spoilers. And, uh, Guard, spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, and that's something you should expect. Um, now, unlike, yeah, I was going to say, unlike unlike the uh, the list that we saw in Sweden, uh, this one seems like they didn't make any changes whatsoever. This looks like a pre Space Marine FAQ build. Am I wrong in saying that? No, you're this is like this isn't a Raptors list. It's really the only thing that's a different. So rather than going with that master artisans because you're going a little more shooty, um, Daniel took Hungry for Battle to get that uh, plus one to advance and charge. And uh, yeah, long range marksman. So the extra range. He's got his uh, captain in Phobos armor, which I really like in Raven Guard because you can take those uh, Corvidari bolts on him if you're looking to get a good snipe on a like a company commander or something. Yeah. Um, so now you're shooting a gun that's, uh, ignores all line of sight and is, uh, hitting on twos, rerolling ones. Uh, you're rerolling your wound because of, uh, Oh no, he didn't take uh, master artisans, but anyway, and, um, yeah, it's flat three damage. You can make it flat four if you like, um, on whatever it shoots. That's super good. Um, other than that, he's got three giant blocks of assault centurions with flamers. Yep. And uh, one big block of uh, centurion devastators. So this list uh, has just foregone doing the master of ambush, if I had to guess, based off of uh, what he brought. Mm-hmm. Um, and is just going straight up for I'm just going to deep strike these giant blobs of bodies and they're going to move extra fast and I'll hit you that way right all up in there all right and what was the final uh, GT that we saw last weekend yeah uh, just give me one second there's one thing I wanted oh. to double check about um, oh, my. the CAG bash lists there was one that I was super interested in as well if only because well there's a guy named Luke Bumpus in fourth yeah. <laughs> so I wanted Luke to say Bumpus, his name um, 
Yeah, I mean, just I like saying his name. I like typing it out. Um, he actually did a video um, on, and I believe a post on his on his uh, event because he did go four and one with Pure Guard. Yeah, um, I would check it out. It's very interesting to see how he played it out. He went uh, with the Capic Eagles instead of the Lambden Lions. I think he was wrong. He should have taken them Lambden Lions because I love his list. The I love Lambden Lions. Period. The Scions regiment sound like Blood Bowl teams. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they, I think they actually are in, in more ways than one. Uh, but he did Capic, uh, I believe, because you can they get the extra bonuses in Valkyries, and he brought a Valkyrie with him. He brought a Valkyrie, uh, which cost 120 points, people. Oh, I know. I don't think it's worth it. And I think if you if you listen to Best in Factions podcast from this last week, where they had Brandon Grant, uh, Mitch Pelham, and uh, Adam Camilleri talk uh, guard for like two hours, I went cross-eyed highly, and couldn't finish it. But go highly ahead. Highly worth the listen. <laughs> highly worth the listen. Now, 121 points for a flyer. Uh, like this just seems. I don't know. That seems cheap. Nope, it's too much. <laughs> okay. Too much. Val- Valkyries are garbage. Don't take Valkyries. You're wrong. Luke, change your ways. This is Bumpus. You would have won. Luke Bumpus, you would have won. I I have no doubt about it. Whoever beat you, it was probably Daniel. You tell him next time, if I hadn't brought that Valkyrie, if I just brought 10 more Scions, Lambden Lions, because they're Peter's favorite, I'd have won. He, he would have won. What could have been? What might have been? Are we allowed to segue or did you figure out what you wanted to talk about? Was it no, Luke Bumpus? I, that was good enough. I was going to talk about something else. Luke Bumpus, um, you were almost a hero. I mean, he's a hero to me. Oh, not to me. <laughs> Suck it, Luke Bumpus. Learn to play Land of Lions. <laughs> Seriously. All right. So let's uh, that, let's bring this home, Pete. Let's bring let's this home. Let's bring this home. One last event, and then we'll get into some stats. Maybe we can play a bumper because we haven't played one this whole friggin' episode. I know. People are probably, their like, skin's probably crawling. Well, I think the big thing is they're they're super curious about what their local grocery store is selling. Um, but anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. Last event, Grim Resolve. It's not exactly 28 players in Alaska. Booyah. Not this... part of the continental United States, despite what Danny McDevitt will tell you. <laughs> it's um, part of a at least according to deli- At least according to delivery services. Um, so Grim Resolve, uh, it was an Iron Man event. So all five games were played Saturday, um, hosted by, I believe it was Jonathan Quennell, one of the uh, Mob Rules guys. Yep. Um, Super exciting that they managed to get to 28. I know he was really nervous because they had been at 32, and then people were like, I don't want to get the COVIDs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of s- dropped and dropped, and then he got to that 28. 28 people showed up, five games. Um, the winner, Rob Porter. Rob Porter. Competitive yeah. 40Ks, uh, so very young. Rob, always known to jump ship to the, whatever's working best this time of year. Um, forsook, forsook, for is that the word? Forsook, forsook his uh, yeah, admech that he loves so dearly. Uh, forsook his iron hands that he loved so dearly for one event, um, and brought Raven Guard, uh, Master Artisans, Whirlwind of Rage, folks. Uh, so that's the extra extra attacks when you roll sixes or some some bananas baloney that Space Marines can also do. Um, Big things here. Oh, cool. He got a big ten-man block of intercessors in this in this uh, list, and no assault centurions. What? 
no, what? yeah, no Solstice there. He's got two yep. Chaplain Venerable Dreadnoughts, though, which is uh, unusual. And also, he went heavy on Eliminators, which, you know, they're so good, and yet not always yeah, at the no, center of the list I like really, this. Um, the one thing I will say about this list is I enjoy it because it's different. Um, it shows the power that you can get out of Marines regardless. Um, you're not ha- you don't have to uh, bring, you know, 18 Assault Centurions to make Raven Guard work. A big block of five Grav Devs. Uh, Grav Centurions, though, they do a crap ton of work by themselves. Uh, Intercessors are fantastic no matter what. Um, He doesn't have it listed here if he went with Indominus Crusaders. I probably would have if I'm taking a big 10-man block of Intercessors like that. Um, But um, he won, so he he definitely did it right. He's got his Incursors. He's got his uh, big uh, two uh, Smash Captains. Chaplain Venerable Dreadnoughts, always awesome. With the last cannons, they do work. You can't target them. Cursors with Whirlwind of Rage are absolutely silly, and I believe that's the big thing with Whirlwind is now they're procking two additional hits on sixes when they hit. So um, those incursors blend um, anything that's uh, that's in their way when they get into close combat. So now I know we can't. You know this is uh, this is a an Iron Man. So you know they're playing five games in a row, and and you know there's a bit. It's a bit for the lulls, but and it's also Alaska. And um, but let's look at second and third place because these are ridiculous armies to be trying to play uh, in five rounds in a row. Also, Danny McDivitt. I didn't well, know that um, he had he this kind either. of stamina. He will tell you explicitly so that I think he is still recovering uh, almost a week later uh, from playing five rounds in a row with you know a, a good. 200 models uh give or take because he's he's got the he's got this here and he said it was a lot of fun i did chat a little with with him uh on a discord about the event um he's running triple turvagon um with uh, i believe it's 120 oh, just under 120 termagots sir ripper scorns d- uh double exocrine biovores a malaceptor. A mal- a malaceptor uh, Malaceptors are good now. They're not the they're not the old Pablo days. Are they? Of, of Val, where they were just a joke uh, that only defeated Pablo Martinez in any game. Um, they actually do work. Uh, yes. They've got some uh, strats and stuff specifically designed to make them a little bit of a close combat monster for that 160 points. Um, the hive guard, uh, six Ooh. six squad hive guard, all Chronos. The Malanthrope, so you don't have to. Uh, you get that minus one to hit. It's a an awesome list, and if you look at third place, um, Eric Rickards essentially played the same thing. Um, yeah, um, I Almost would say the same list. Yeah. exactly the same thing, uh, just in different battalions. Um, so it definitely definitely put out a, a ton of work. The one thing I will say about this is that's a lot of bodies to move, and you're spitting out more termagants with the turvagons, so they're just not dying. In a game where if you're expecting, say, um, more elite armies, this is a really great list because you can just flood the board and keep flooding it, and what are your opponents going to do about it? Do you know off the top of your head, is the Turvagon, does it regenerate Turmagants without needing reinforcement points? As long as you're refilling ones uh, that have died that game. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's That's what they do. So if you've got really good board control and you play this list, it, it's it's pretty exciting. Um, I believe Danny's only loss was to Rob in the final. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, so really cool lists, uh, really great to see Tyranids performing. One complaint that we got out of, um, Psychic Awakening, and you heard it pretty loud and clear, was that the forces of the hive mind maybe got the short end of the stick so far in Psychic Awakening. There was only a couple, like, if you look at the Tyranids, uh, what they got, um, they got the extra bonuses to the Exocrines, which everybody's taking advantage of. You're seeing a little bit of Maliceptor play because of a couple of the things they got. And that's really about it. There hasn't been a whole lot else. And you're also seeing Kronos uh, becoming more popular than it ever was. Um, but it, it wasn't like the yeah. sweeping changes we saw with a lot of other factions post psychic, their Psychic Awakening. And then Gene Stealer Cults. I mean, it's pretty telling that when the FAQ came out uh, for the greater good, they didn't even mention Gene Stealer Cults. Um, so, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> they, well, like, no everything was perfect. perfectly balanced because no one has used anything from that um, other than uh, that slight bonus that Ridge Runners now get. Um, so, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Excellent summarizing, Pete. I think that was some outstanding extemporaneous well, speaking. I'm pretty sure that is Much a like word. Forsook. Why don't we hit a little bumsky doodle here? Just like forsook, forsooth, for something. But right now, it'll be for a bump, and then we'll come back with some stats from the newly developing Space Marine meta. Post Space Marine Fact Meta. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. Crack open those spreadsheets, nerds. Because it's time to put the stats in Stats Center. Courtesy of 40kstats.com. Yeah, nerds. All right, we're back. You might have uh, been treated to a very nice uh, ad, perhaps, if you're in America. And uh, turns out toilet paper, very popular yep. so, uh, and, thing to buy uh, these From days. what we gather from our fans in the United States, a lot of local grocery stores throwing in ads on our content. So they know they know where the money is. That's right. It's, uh, <laughs> yep. In the groceries. Um, so, Pete, what, we, we've now got, I think you said, six events in the uh, sort of Space Marine FAQ landscape. Um, and we just saw a clean sweep for Raven Guard in any events that were running the new FAQ. They were already good. How much better do they appear so to be So I'll, I'll preface everything by saying, and I've said this um, in a couple other places when I've talked about this, it's only six events. So nobody get overly excited. Um, it's not enough to, to normalize data. This isn't like when Iron Hands came out and we had like 16 the first week. So we really got to see, you know, just how prevalent this was going to be. Um, the one thing I will say, Raven Guard definitely got a boost. Um, they're sitting right now at a 61% win rate uh, post Marine FAQ. They have had uh, 25 players take them to events. So it's not a small amount. Um, it's it's generally enough where you can start to see mm -hmm. the writing on the wall. They're 70, 47, and 4. 70 wins, 47 losses, 4 draws. Um, 
And um, yeah, they're 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 absolutely dominating the scene. Their average um, VP is over 26. Now, one thing we knew coming into this new ITC season was the new ITC missions were probably going to be much higher scoring. We are seeing that across the board. Right. Um, average scores now are about two to three points higher per game um, on the winning side okay. and the losing side. So. Has there been much of a, a, a change on defense? Like, oh, yeah. is it like easier it to score points now? It seems to be much now? easier to score points across the board, um, which we which we kind of expected. The maneuver uh, the maneuver secondaries um, became much easier to score. Even uh, some of the um, the Killy secondaries now aren't too difficult either. Um, so it it has really brought up and bonus points for a number of the missions are now relatively easy. So we're seeing a lot of max scored games or almost max scored games, uh, about, you know, 11% more games are getting to 40 or more points uh, than had previously. Um, so yeah, so across the board, uh, we're seeing a significant shift in points. Um, so Raven guard, um, they had, they're averaging 26 VP per game. Their opponents are only averaging, uh, sorry. And by only, I mean, uh, still significant 24, um, so they're basically just beating people to death, um, but still having decently close games. Okay, so how long are these guys going in tournaments? Maybe we uh, have a look at that average first round loss or the T-whip as well. Yeah, so your average first round loss right now, 2.96 um, over these six events. Um, it helps when you have four guys go undefeated uh, to really boost those numbers. Sure. Their T-Whip's 25%, so they're one quarter of all um, lists that are making it to that uh, that you know fifth round without a loss. Yeah, and that's pretty skewed uh, by the narrowness of the actual amount of uh, tournaments we're looking at here, too. I'm sure. Exactly right. Like we're only like there are only 24 people um, that have gotten to that place right now. So you, it's six. We have had six mer- uh, at Raven Guard. Um, they make up 6.8 percent now of the the meta on average. Um, so like overall, they're doing very, very well. We, we need a lot more, uh, I shouldn't say we need a lot. We need probably two weeks more worth of data, consistent data, which I don't know if we're going to get because, you know, uh, tournaments are slowing down, um, to really see, but like they, they've come out, uh, way ahead of the rest of the pack. Um, they're not the only faction performing very well, like blood angels. Um, they've got a 2.57. Um, average first round loss right now. Their win rate's not terrible either. They're they're well over fifty percent. So they've gotten a big boost out of this. It was a weekend off. I, I did see that they placed in a few uh, situations, but Grey Knights seem to have cooled off a little bit last week. Have they continued Grey to Knights, win? Yes, they're at a two point two seven, which is a little a little over the average. They've got an eight point three three T whip. Uh, they do have two people that did hit T whip so far in these uh, in these uh, these six events. Um, from a win rate perspective, also still doing very well. Um, what we're seeing, uh, for like, if I were to categorize everybody as we currently sit, and you've got Raven Guard as kind of like their top tier, um, and then just below them, we've got Grey Knights um, from a numbers perspective doing very well. Um, Thousand Suns doing very well um, across the board, although these uh, Thousand Suns lists are always um, we're currently um, – mixed Mm -hmm. um usually like a possessed bomb but now instead of using um what they had been using to to guard before like play burst crawlers and such we're seeing rubric marines come in right um because you can pop a big squad of 20 of them right in your opponent's face turn one with cult of duplicity so that that kind of helps a lot um 
we're seeing really good performances like we just talked about from Tyranids. Um, and that's not just at that Grim Resolve event. We've seen a, a number of really good uh, Tyranid players start to pop up in the meta. Uh, Tau. Yes, that was... Uh, Gene Stiller Cults. Tau is actually a question. I think uh, the, the uh, clubhouse leader or biggest perceived winner from the Space Marine FAQ, I think in general, was that Tau would suddenly uh, reappear as dominant. Plus, they got some really cool new toys in uh, Psychic Awakening. Have we seen anything interesting coming out of the Tau side of things in the in those six tournaments? Um, so they were only playable in five of the events. Um, Games of Westeros did not allow um, a greater good. They have a uh, strict uh, no FAQ, no play policy after the Iron Hands uh, release. Mm -hmm. um, so because the FAQ had not dropped by the time Westeros came out, um, they did not use them. Um, but they're still sitting at about a 55% win rate. Their average first round loss a little over two. Um, the one thing I will say uh, that we're at least so far seeing post FAQ, um, and we'll have to see if this stays, is that once you get past um, Raven Guard... And to a lesser extent, like Thousand Sons and Tyranids that have a bit of a, um, a skewed uh, like win rate, etc., just due to the fact that they did very well in, say, one event and we've only had six, um, is that the, like the second tier is really consistent. Like we're seeing a lot of guys in that 50 to 53 percent win rate, even a couple 49s um, that we weren't seeing before in the Iron Hands meta. In, the, in that Iron Hands meta, there was four, maybe five uh, factions that were you know in that 49 percent or above and then everybody else was garbage um, what, what are, what are was, you seeing as being that big dividing line between uh, those that are haves and have nots psychic awakening is is the the biggest um most factions now that aren't performing the the handful that aren't um are factions that haven't seen a psychic awakening or in like the case of ultramarines they're you know they're a sub faction of a you know a codex that just has better options um with the one exception of dark angels i'm not sure what happened uh, to dark angels at least post faq and like we said still six six events in this could just be that in those six events the 12 guys that brought dark angels were the worst 12 players that have ever played dark angels um <laughs> but they, they are one of the lowest win rates again uh, something that um, people thought would have uh, cleared up because they did get a pretty decent psychic awakening. The FAQ did hurt them a little bit because they are a Devastator Doctrine faction. Right. That being said, their Devastator Doctrine benefit was nowhere near as good as what Imperial Fists and Iron Hands were getting. Like they got a, a range boost yeah. right on their weapons. Yeah. Um, and that's just not comparable. I mean, it's crippling. So, I, I think losing that obviously is the reason why we've seen uh, Dark Angels go from. Um, Prob were they were they before? Um, were they not very good? Yeah, they were. They were always pretty terrible. Okay. And then they had a brief week in the sun. You know, Ben Neal won the uh, GT old, with them with the flyer spam. Old, that old have, Ben Neal. You know, yeah, and I mean Ben's list ran like three or four heavy weapons in it. Mm -hmm. So, so obviously his list just doesn't work anymore. Um, well, we're being facetious. It seems like they're. <laughs> it seems like they're on a bit of a, a hard luck streak. Anyone else out there uh, wishing they were doing a bit better? Well, anybody that's running a knight is probably real sad right now. Knights, uh, renegade, and uh, Imper and imperial knights are sitting at a forty-two percent win rate, and they're seeing a lot of play. Like they, they're each seeing you know seventeen to twenty people trying to bring them out. Just not 
not doing it. And it makes sense. Marines really kill knights super easy, uh, pretty much every variety of Marine. And uh, so hopefully when they get their uh, death machine potato, whatever they call their psychic awakening, I know it's already been announced. Death machine um, potato breaking news. Psychic awakening <laughs> supplement has been announced. <laughs> Once once they get that with the uh, demons and admech, I expect we'll see a good boost there. Uh, Chaos demons doing generally well, but that's always because of the the mix, right? It's like they're eight hundred points of demons and then a mix of marines and other things. Um, so hopefully we'll see more kind of mono demon lists start to spark up after their psychic awakening. Sure. Slanesh demons have been performing very well, and that's basically been about it from a mono faction performance perspective those keepers of secrets can do work if they know they're going first um but yeah um i think it this next coming these next few weeks i know we said at the beginning it's going to suck because we're going to be a little low on events but if we can get a good six seven more events in that i can actually start to these uh, see these numbers normalize we we should have a clearer picture i will say raven guard look to be on top but i'm pretty excited about where we are compared to where we were if we look at that middle of the pack like i said it's pretty extensive it looks very good on paper um for everybody like with the exception of those factions that don't have uh psychic awakening and dark angels yeah. Um, so yeah so like I'm really, I'm really hopeful. We've got an announcement coming in two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Said to be the biggest announcement ever. The biggest. Um, so theoretically, it could be ninth edition. It could be potato death um, machine. Potato death machine. <laughs> There's a lot. It could be. Um, I'm really excited about where our game is headed. Hopefully, um, in a few months, we'll be able to start playing it again with other people. That'll be nice. Uh, until then, let's just hit this bump. Tournament news. Hey, this is Brian Pullen from Tabletop Titans and this year's SoCal Open Champion. You're listening to 40K Stats Up. Oh, it's no longer this year's SoCal Open Champion. Nope, it's last year's. Man, we got to get Brian back on to get a new uh, a new recording done up. Brian, you're old news, pal. Although his uh, Twitch streams are pretty fantastic, I must say. Yes, uh, if you watch Catch Him on YouTube, um, him and Adrian Michael Charles and Bridger Hahn, they put together some of the best battle reports, I think, um, in the business. That goes without saying. And speaking of the best in the business, you are listening to the Frontline Gaming Network of podcasts and other various media, but we, of course, focus on the podcast stuff. Uh, what what did we hear last week? There was some uh, some good content coming at us from the return of Frankie G and Papa to signals from the front line. Did you see that? What, 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 what? No, I actually missed out because I am a depressing, sad person. Well, I was absolutely thrilled. He made a comeback. Uh, Pablo and yourself and uh, it was Scary and Brandon were pretty awesome on chapter tactics. You guys can have a listen to that. How to pull one back from the jaws of defeat. Yep. Um, Art of War, they talked to some people. It was really good. But the more important thing is they put out a a couple of really interesting articles this last week, one of which, if you go to their website, um, is about the Dallas Open and um, their missions. And I want to give a shout out to the uh, guys that run uh, the Dallas Open. I knew I think Bruce Merker is the face of that whole thing. But um, kudos to you guys for taking criticism and modifying uh, your missions uh, after the fact. Like it's uh, 
it's really cool to see. Um, in case people didn't know, about a week and a half ago, Nick Nanavati released a, a uh, column, let's say, on the Dallas Open missions um, and what he felt about them after being provided them by the crew over at Dallas Open. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it was scathing, but he did um, have some negative things to say about a number of the missions, and they completely modified the pack based on his suggestions. Um, so, yeah, big kudos for, for doing that. Way to go. And uh, I guess that was all available on the Art of War uh, website. You said they were blog roll posts. Uh, you got it. Yep. And I believe you can also view them on uh, Frontline Gaming's website, frontlinegaming.org, or at least several of them. Another so. fine place to go to and plug. And uh, I guess that probably wraps things up, except for what events are we keeping an eye on? They're actually all coming to a conclusion as we speak. Uh, well, they'll be coming to a conclusion tomorrow. Today is Saturday. Today Val. is um, Saturday. They're <laughs> not coming to any form of conclusion until tomorrow. But we do have uh, the uh, Rumble in Rothford in the UK, 44-player event. Uh, so we'll be getting the results from that. Um, and the Barry Bash, uh, the eighth annual Barry hey Bash, uh, not a major this year, despite their best efforts. Um, but still, yeah, I believe they're 40 eight players strong this uh this weekend and uh, there was another 28 player event i forget the name of it off the top of my head i believe it's the maryland open um they were also a larger event but due to the covids they 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 reined it in brought it back down um i also believe the con they were running in got canceled um so they kind of last minute threw something together so that their players had something to do yeah all right well pete thank you for your time thank you for filling in for our otherwise qualified guests uh, it was a fantastic episode to share with you, sir. And we'll see you only in a couple days. Bye-bye. This has been 40K Stat Center, a presentation of the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. Like what we do? Subscribe to and rate us on YouTube and wherever podcasts can be found. Join the conversation. Follow 40K Stat Center on Facebook. You can also support the show directly by joining the Chapter Tactics Patreon and competitive 40K in general via the ITC Patreon or by grabbing a subscription to BCP. BCP.